Well, you know something, Gino? I wish I would have done this two years ago, brother, because the new world order is taking over professional wrestling. Hulk Hogan is bigger than the sport of professional wrestling. And with the outsiders, the new blood, the foundation of the new world order, we shall rule the wrestling world, me, Gene. What about the children? You know about the thousands and thousands of telephone calls that came in to WCW. Every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth is totally disgusted with you, Hulk Hogan, including myself. We all know about the training, the prayers, and the vitamins, brother. And like I said, these people out here, after I led their children down the right path, had the gall to boo Hulk Hogan one more time. You fans can stick it, brother. This podcast is scheduled for one fall with a 60 minute time limit coming out of the black corner at a combined weight of 666 pounds. Recording you from the Hacienda Palms apartments. I'm your boy Xander Hobbs. This is Bobby B, the five star podcasting machine, bringing you once again another edition of the Wrestleocalypse. It is upon us. Yes. It is upon us after a short, well-needed break that Xander took. Um, we are back. We have a lot to cover. Forbidden Door, Dynamite, Money in the Bank that I just found out was tonight, but you'll be getting this after the fact. But let's just get right into it. Yes, let's do that indeed. And of course, what are we talking about? Cue the music. Come and knock on my forbidden door. We've been waiting for you. Where the super kicks are hers and hers and his forbidden door, AEW and JPW. <laughs> True. Yes. And no creepy uh, landlord in his leisure suits. Right. Right. Yet. yet. Not yet. We may get creepy Tony Khan. Yeah. So. And I could see Dan Lambert uh, in a creepy, you know, leisure suit. He's very uh, Mr. Creepy. Furley-esque. Yeah. And like in like a... Um, I don't know what mouth breathing right wing troglodyte kind of way, but I agree. Yes. Right. Right. All right. So AEW NJPW forbidden door was snake bitten on its way up multiple injuries to multiple big names. We had no CM Punk, no Brian Danielson, no Tomohiro Ichii, no Takashi. Also, also wrestling politics. So no, uh, Lucha Bros, no Lucha Doors, yes, being able to appear either. And notice they didn't even mention that FTR where they triple A tag team champions. They did they not. They did not. So lots of um, things that would make this pay per view not work out, but fortunately it did work out because I thought 
it was a fantastic show, you know, from top to bottom. It had its New Japan style-esque with its trios stuff in the beginning. But once those big matches hit, they hit fucking pretty hard. And um, even the people that weren't in, I'm not going to say they weren't missed per se, but it it did they could whoever would replace them kind of slipped in right there and they did a good job with as a replacement. But um let's just knock this out with the highs and lows of the show. Yeah, I think the high from what the interwebs told me, and I had to verify this myself, and you can agree to disagree or agree to agree, was that um what a great uh introduction to a lot of people to Will Ospreay. Oh yeah. In this fantastic match with um the slacker Orange Cassidy. Exactly. Will Ospreay, who doesn't have it in him to have a mediocre match. It does not matter who he wrestles. And I'm not talking taking a slide at Orange Cassidy because Orange Cassidy, while I don't really dig the gimmick, he's over and he's good in the ring. And it showed these guys like like you put stole the show. It was just a great match from top to bottom. And the crowd loves Osprey. And I like how he keeps his heel heat. You know, he panders to the crowd, but then he does dastardly things. So he does that really well. I love United Empire. And um, Orange Cassidy held his own on here, too. Like, you have it takes two people to put on a good match. And um, that's what they did. Yeah. What um, I thought the match itself was great. And then I, I, you know, I appreciated kind of the storyline shenanigans at the end, obviously, with Empire with putting the beat down, down. And then, yeah, exactly. So but that's one of the things I was going to say and ask you about. It's like kind of at first glance, it seems like AEW, much like with their partnership with Impact, kind of was getting all of the wins, if you will. Yeah, because technically it's their pay-per-view. So mm-hmm. they, and they I mean, they booked it, they funded it. So, I mean... I just, I knew that most of the wins were going to go towards AEW. So, but like the wins that mattered went to New Japan. So it's like, I mean, that's a, for lack of a better term, because um, Switchblade retained, Osprey retained, and that's pretty much about it. Right. And I was going to say, it was nice, even though maybe AEW got most of the spotlight, as like you said, they should, right? Yeah. I mean, this is basically Tony Khan is. Trust me, it's a huge deal for MJPW to get this this uh, exposure. Yeah, like, don't kid yourself. Yeah, just to get this American exposure, which is like super important, which is what they were were trying to do before COVID and before everyone jumped to AEW. You know, NJP. Let's not forget that NJPW had some good momentum before all this happened. So it's going to be. It's going to be still a challenge for them because they're missing a lot of that star power. I mean, Okada is Okada. He's the man. But lots of American fans don't know who he is, as we'll get into our mailbag later. But um, that was a great match. I mean, FTR, I just don't know. I have enough good things to say about those guys. I, If you would have told me they would have been as over as they are right now, I, I would have like been like, ah, I've got some reservations about that. What do you mean when 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 um uh alleged rapist Vince McMahon was making them a fucking comedy show? Yeah, yeah, making them have ass cream and stuff the like that. FTR literally means fuck the revival because yes. that shtick was so terrible. And you see what these guys put out night in, night out. Dynamite, they were awesome. No, I know they, they they're another team that cannot put on a bad match and they've wrestled no. every single tag team in every single promotion pretty much 
And just the Briscoes, badass match. Young Bucks, badass match. Um, Rapungi Vice, badass. Empire, badass. Like everything, you just go down the list. And, you know, when... You, I miss Gorilla Monsoon here because when that hot tag was made or when Dax Hardwood walked back out, the crowd went wild. Like the, the when they tag in hot tags, crowd goes nuts. And I'm not taking any away from United or Rapungi Vice. They were good too, but there's nobody, there's no tag team. Not even the Bucks can touch FTR right now. I know. And I guess Bucks. maybe one's going to bleed into two. So dynamite fallout, right? Like, who i mean where else who else they have to feud they have it has to. to it has to be for all four titles it's insane it's crazy it's awesome i love yeah, it they they are the new belt collectors and um yeah yeah they've got every tag team title they can't go after the usos so the bucks are next on the list and i i'm excited to see that so yeah, i'm here for that as well i thought that was great um Dude, John Moxley, again, also, what, like, first off, I thought it was a great match to end it. And obviously, yeah. Crimson Mask, John Moxley, violence. Always, always. Right? But it was just cool, which yeah, is that's cool. Fine. That's I fine. thought it was in, I thought it, um, it was in service of the match. Yeah, he didn't bleed just to bleed. Like, no. So, I, that's, that's the one thing that I'm okay with. Uh, bleeding doesn't bother me like now if you have every guy in every match bleeding then it's getting a little excessive but then like but that was fine or if you your talent is so green they keep busting each other open that's not cool either right but like you know a moxley match right extreme violence his shtick i thought it worked well i thought it was a good main event um obviously it sets it has it basically sets him up for punk right yeah of course of course um so a couple other things, though, we got the mystery opponent for Zack Sabre Jr. That kind of everybody knew, but we have the return of Claudio Castagnoli, very European Claudio Castagnoli. And what a clinic those two put on. I mean, it's just like if you go technical wrestling right now, it's got to be it's it's Castagnoli, it's Zack Sabre Jr. And it's Brian Danielson. Those are the top three right now. Yeah, and Grisham is good, too, though. Yeah, Grisham is good also. And um, I just thought they put on a great match. For people that don't like technical wrestling, that match might not be for you, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, and I mean, it was. It, it was the uh, the worst-kept secret of the, of the evening. Oh, yeah. Every, but it everybody. still was awesome. But it I was loved, cool to see. I loved reading the the rumor mill the, uh, from the IWC. Basically like, oh, everybody was, all these people in both promotions were like, oh. I didn't think Tony Khan was giving people that much money anymore. It's like, well, it's fucking the king of swing. It's, you know, it's, it's like, he's so to me, like we talk about a lot, like you can't just keep adding people. No. Like, but at the same time, you're, you're going to turn down a talent like that. Like that's what I, what to make room for the ass boys. Yeah, that's what I mean. The Who thing is, the face turn. as long as, as long as they're promoting, because look at Jungle Boy's getting some. He's going to be put pushed big right pretty soon, right? He's going to get pushed pretty big right now with what's going on with Luchasaurus and Christian. Um, uh, MJF, he's going to be back. I mean, I don't really have a doubt about that. And so, if you you can't deny Casignoli because where I just I just think he fits in, especially with Blackpool Combat Club. So 
I mean, that's I'm I'm okay with that. Um, a couple other things I wanted to talk about though. Um, I love Caprice Coleman on commentary. He just brings like a refreshing breath of fresh air of like what commentating should be, calling out moves, calling out the structure of the match. I is he the, is he the Ring of Honor announcer? Yeah. Okay, that's right. Kevin I, Kelly and Caprice Coleman. Yeah, and I like that Tony Khan's doing that. Yeah, and it's just because as much as I love Jr., he's mailing it in here. I mean, and I just he's cancer, dude. It's like, I know. So he's but like shit. Yeah, I don't. It's not. It's not really his fault, you know. And I'm whatever about mask guy. And I like Taz on commentary. Mask guy? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm whatever, but I'm not going to call him by his name. Shots fired from the Wrestleocalypse. Yeah. It's just, I, I forget his name, honestly, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Listen, I like I Taz. I would never know what a, a Tope, uh, whatever. Suicida guy. Yeah. That's his, that should be his name. That's, that's, that's his cool name. name. That's his new name right now. And Shivani just says random shit. So it's like, I, yeah, I feel like, I feel like Shivani's too like behind the scenes. Yeah. It's too much uh, curtain pulling back. And I just, I don't like it, but Caprice Coleman, very good. I, I hope to see more of him every time they have ring of honor stuff. And the last thing I want to do for this um, little point is Pac is the new all American or all Atlantic championship. I think that's the title. And um, that was a good match. I'm glad Pac is getting some shine. I mean, and hopefully they can elevate this belt better than what they're doing with the TNT title. Um, but that's it. Good show. Good. Um, and so let's get to the fallout of Dynamite. Yeah, we touched on a little bit. I mean, um, I think to me, uh, Dynamite was way better the first half. Yeah, I love love. We were texting uh, fucking Captain Charisma looking nice, nice, nice and dapper with that peacoat turtleneck combo, dude. <laughs> and then say, that nothing says heel more than that. Get up. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's like, um, you know, I like I like the Bill Simmons podcast, the, the Ringer Network on Spotify. And um, they had Ariel Hawani, the uh, illustrious MMA. Yeah reporter but he's also a big wwe guy right and they were talking about something and it was funny because one of the gripes that some of the older wwe people is like aw i like it but it's too much wrestling not enough like story and it's hard to get invested on a week-to-week basis which i think is false that argument although in the over the course of the whole show i could see there are elements of that but we've talked about how they pulled the elevation of hangman page and the feud with kenny omega was a multi-year intricate storyline so i digress but um like that's one of the cool things AEW do that was classic heel turn christian coming out looking nice luchasaurus coming out in all black gear now not green he's no longer the nice dinosaur with the master's degree in history he is christian cage's ass kicking machine right so and that was interesting how they turned him because it was just like he just came out and hugged him, and I guess Christian got in his ear. So I, that's fine, I guess. Um, but I just I, what I want to talk about is the blood and guts match. I want to talk about that because I have some I have some issues with how that match went down. Can you I agree? thought it was it was far less it was uh, 
it wasn't executed as well. It was far less impactful than the last blood and guts match to the point that it was almost hard to watch. Yeah. Here's how they could have saved it. I mean, multiple things happened. Um, Santana got hurt during the match, right? When he got in, he got hurt. So you can tell that it was real too. Cause he was on there. They weren't, they weren't showing the camera on him. So that took a turn for the worse. Um, so I don't know if that was an audible to put Sammy through that table. I know Sammy was there to do something like crazy regardless, but I think that I just, this is my guess. I could be totally wrong that they called that audible to take him out of the match since Santana was out of the match. So I get that, but here's where my problem is. And it came towards the end of the match because this feud was based on Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Those are the main people in this feud and where to elevated. So Kingston and Jericho at the top of the cage, getting their stuff done. Here comes Castagnoli and one of the job guys from Jericho Appreciation. The worst. Yeah, the worst job guy. The, the, the WWE marks like him, but I hate him. Yeah, I don't hate him. I'm, let's, that's a bad word. I don't hate him. I just don't like him, not because he's a heel. It's go away heat with me. His Anyways, portrayal on the show is terrible. Yeah. Anyways. This is um, Kingston's moment. He's got him in the stretch muffler. He's going to get Jericho to tap. But job guy number two taps to Castagnoli and Castagnoli gets the win. And I think that that was a huge mistake because for me to put an end and a nail in this coffin of this up and down feud, I thought Kingston should have got the tap out on Jericho. I agree, right? I definitely agree because they can't, because what use does that have as a win with Castagnoli, who was not even part of the feud, to get the tap out? Like this is whole. This is all based on Jericho and Kingston. So what are, are they going to continue it after this? Like they can't. No, they can't. That's what I'm saying. It's like, how do you not write a definitive ending? No. Like at this point, and that's all. But that is also a bit like, and I don't want to just lump AEW into this. It's like I feel like that is like. For these two main promotions, that has been um, one of the biggest uh, mistakes that they continuously make in creative is like not ending feuds when they should. Like, that's what I was just going to say. Like, that was your time right there, right there. It was a layup. Like, that crowd, the crowd's hot for Kingston. Regardless of what you think about him, the crowd is hot for him. And they were going nuts. And then when you got that tap out, they're kind of, it kind of like, took the wind out of their sails because everybody wanted to see Jericho tap. And I don't know if this is Jericho not wanting to tap out to Kingston because they have real life heat. But like, I just thought that that really, that could have saved the match, which was already subpar before that. Right. For lots of reasons. Yeah. Reasons so, that they couldn't control and reasons that they could. Exactly. And you can always control the booking because right. again, this is scripted. Like you can write this better. And that should have been the end. Like somebody wrote that end. that end, that was going to be the end, regardless of if Santana got hurt and whatever no, happened yeah. in the match that they had to do because of that, that's, that's performers improvising. That's like admirable, but the ending was atrocious based on writing and booking, you know, and exactly. that was the problem. And also it was a met. It was, it was just a mad dynamite. It, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. And I just, I was expecting more. I don't care that everybody was bleeding. I don't, that doesn't make it good. Like, I don't care. It was just, it was too long. First of all, it was too long. 
and 12 guys way too fucking long. I was looking at the clock and I was like, it was like nine 15. And I was like, wow, we got 45 minutes of this shit. <laughs> like, and it, I was just like, dude, and I'm not usually with matches like this, I'm excited. And like, when it's over, I'm like, Oh damn. But I'm just like, why drag this out to have an ending that was just so anticlimactic that you were going to still extend this to do what exactly? What, what, what are we going to do now? You had the, this is, this is the period match. That's like having a hell in a cell match and then having it continue again on Monday. <laughs> yeah. Not that that's ever happened before, but no, no, but- I agree. And we'll see what they do with it um but overall still lots of good things happening on AEW. big overall great big weekend of wrestling with the forbidden door um so really stoked on that but uh this is a big one man um i think so i think that and this is again referencing mainstream media is starting to cover this extensively right but like mcmahon is i mean he's he's in the corner yeah, I, like, I don't know too much about this, so take the lead. But I, I've, I've read a little bits of pieces of this stuff. Yeah, so he already is dealing with this investigation from the board about the basic um, hostile work environment that uh, him and his management created at WWE, right? And uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure Laurinaitis is on leave now. I think that happens between our last episode. As things are coming out. And then basically there was a long, there was a a long time ago in the 80s allegation that basically Vince raped a um raped up employee basically in his limo. And now there's a wrestler who's corroborating it. So oh. it's like it's one of those things where when you're all powerful, nobody wants to cross you. But now that the wolves are out, I think we're going to see a lot more of this shit coming out of the woodwork. Absolutely. People. And, and part of the problem is for Vince, I would say, is a lot of courts are striking down some of these non-disclosure agreements that corporations have put on people because they're so broad. It basically amounts to, you know, like uh, uh, almost like a muzzling, right? Right. So there's a lot of obviously NDAs that he's employed. That's one of the things they're investigating on people that they may or may not have treated poorly in different ways. So I just feel like I feel like they're going to get bought at this point. If you, I feel that there's going to be like a larger media company, whether it's, you know, you look at NBC Universal because they have the relationship. Maybe they step in and absorb it. Maybe Fox makes a play. Maybe you have a streaming service. Like, I don't know. Apple seems to be doing lots of crazy things. Could you imagine if Apple steps in and just buys WWE? Oh, like, man. You know, I mean, so I think that, like, I think all that's on the table right now because it's- they have such, they have such a, the value of their intellectual property of owning all of that all of their catalog plus all of WCW and everything that they have. It's a huge amount of content, right? Content's King. We know that we, we, that's why we produce it. Um, And I just feel like the wolves are circling. And again, my favorite thing about it is all these people who 
put all of this political effort in to ousting Stephanie and Triple H, look who's right back at the top of the heap again. Right. And good. Good. That's because, what I say. Because Triple H was actually doing good stuff. You know, I mean, towards the end, whatever. But look what he did with um, NXT. And I don't I'm not talking about ratings wise. I'm just talking about putting on a good wrestling show. And he did for that one hour. Like we always say, one hour is king. And he did a great job. Stephanie, I don't know too much about what she was doing behind the scenes. But I mean, I don't I never like politicking of any kind. And I know Stephanie's done her fair share of it as well. But still, here's the thing. Like these Stephanie and Trips are trying to put out, you know, a decent product to watch on TV. Like, yeah, they're making money. But like we've always said before, when those contracts come up, who knows if they're going to get re-signed or even that amount of money that they're getting because that was based on what they did. So as long as the ratings keep going south, they're not getting that kind of money again when it's time to, you know, re-sign. So you're probably right. Yeah, that's what I think. But I know who's not going to buy it. The company that owns Truth Social because they're being subpoenaed. Uh, And that brings up to my next one. WWE Hall of Famer under multiple investigations, including uh, seditious uh, treason. And that is one DJT Donald J. Trump of the hair shaving stipulation variety. I just want to bring that up because Xander left the mainland. The mainland started burning itself down with all sorts of things. Catch up on the walls. Yep. Uh, limos being trying to be subverted. It is crazy town. Um, Throwing tantrums it. on Troth Central, as he would <laughs> say. Central. You can you can carry a gun, but you can't have an abortion. You can't smoke a jewel. No, the, the country is literally going. We went crazy, crazy when he was gone. It was going nuts. I woke he up. Came back. Some judges stepped in. Things are kind of getting. At least we're gonna have some due process going on, maybe, but. Uh, I just needed to bring that up because it is like it, there is part of the the previous segment about Vince McMahon's problems. There is this like other thing that he's very attached to, like this this power structure, right? Uh, you know, even though obviously, I don't know how much his wife is gonna like. I don't know what their relationship is. Right, I don't know either. But it doesn't look good when big things in the news is that you might lose your company because you couldn't, you couldn't keep your, uh, as I like to say, pen out of the company Inc. There it is. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Everything has been crazy. I hope you were able to, to block it out, out in the middle of the Pacific ocean, but <laughs> it was, it was nuts, dude. I, I blocked most of it out, but I kept, I, I couldn't help waking up to like a flurry of like, <laughs> stories and messages and stuff about Roe versus Wade. So I had to put my two cents in before I went out into the water. And um, I think it's disgusting. I just think you cannot celebrate the 4th of July when you consider people in this country, second-class citizens. I don't, I don't see how America can deserve a birthday when it comes to that. I don't, I think it's gross. I think the things that are happening are not right because our Supreme court has gone rogue and they're going against the will of the people. And it's not just, going against the will of the people. They're going they're They're upending their own, like their little 
their own like you know well let's like, put it this way when they were sworn in they said one thing they did another thing last time i checked out was treason and then on top of that now we're getting rid of the separation of church and state and before this comes, it turns into a political podcast. I just want to wrap this up. These are things that our forefathers, you know, regardless of what the time was, would not be okay with. You can go down the list of multiple people in history talking about the separation of church and state from John Adams to Thomas Jefferson, all down the list. And this is not what this country is based on. This is not a, a neo-Christian evangelical state, but it's turning into one. So I just want to know, when a teacher throws down a prayer rug and hands out prayer rugs to his uh, students, his or her students, what they're going to think about that. Or when wow. someone or someone wants to pray to Ganesh or when someone yeah. wants to meditate. So how, how is it, how are they going to do that? Freedom of religion, gonna, right? I don't think gonna, so. We're going to see because um, a bunch of Jewish organizations have sued because the Jewish religion uh, does not recognize uh you know, a, the person at the point of fertilization, right. they, their religion prioritizes the health of the mother. And they're saying by passing these laws, you are infringing upon our religious rights. They are. And right? that is, and that is true. It is absolutely true. And we'll just see if the, if the, you know, these six zealots, these, the six, the six, uh, you know, Christian Taliban members we have running the courts um, apply the same logic across. Yeah. And Which if they hey, if they do like uh, I will eat these words like if right. they if I, yeah if I but yeah, I don't yeah. but I have I I would bet the world that that's not going to happen. It's not they're not gonna even going to hear it. They're not even going to hear it. And let's just let's just make get one thing straight in this Bible that they so claim to be adamant about. I believe I forget what verse it, or what um chapter it's in, but it says life begins at birth. There's nothing about conception or fertilization or anything like that. So pe these people are just making shit up as usual because, yeah. and it's like, this is what you left the UK for is free, uh, freedom <laughs> of, of oppression. And now you're infringing your religious beliefs on people. I do not have a problem with Christians. I have a problem with you implementing your Christianity or what you call Christianity into my life. And everyone else's when people can fucking die if they don't get the proper medical treatment. Rant yeah, over. Rant over. But I do agree with, again, it just seems odd that when it was convenient for your anti-maskers to claim or anti-vaxxers to claim my body, my yep. choice. Yep. Oddly, where are you now? But where, anyway, it's the quiet. only thing worse than that might quite possibly be money in the bank. I don't want to waste um, a lot of time on this. So let's just run through the only matches I'm looking forward to are uh, the both of the, the latter matches are going to be good. Right. Right. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure I think Riddle gets the rub. He has to. He has to. And he needs to do it over McIntyre. Yes, Absolutely. That's what I think. Almost he like Sami Zayn, Sheamus, Rollins, none of them, Madcap Moss, none of them. It's going to come down to McIntyre and Riddle. And I think Riddle's got to get the rub. Uh, um, no, 100. I feel that Belair and Carmella could put on a good match if they get enough time. And, you know, I, 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 I'm not super interested in it, but I think it could, it could be a good match. Um, 
not like area uh ariel hawani was saying he's like you know like ronda rousey's just fucking boring she's boring it's, it's awful just, she's boring it's of like of course it's like ah I, and it's like i can't get excited about her versus natalia and like she's just not a natural performer and she wasn't even in the like it's just not in her nature no i'm excited about i think usos and street profits probably put on the match of the night yeah and, and i swear to god bobby lashley better go over austin theory oh my god he better like that's just i i don't i'm not gonna hold my breath though no, and nobody's going to watch it because everyone's going to be watching the stacked card that UFC is putting on tonight. Exactly. So we don't want to go too much into it, but this is interesting. What a long, long layoff. But someone we, I think, in our first year of podcasting put over is like the Women's Wrestler of the Year. Oh, Tessa yeah. Blanchard, which one of the best finishers, like just a dynamo, just great in impact, like intergender wrestler tessa ledger returning to the ring in hurricane pro wrestling why is it here hurricane pro wrestling though that's my question i don't that's just a different promotion but um i she's coming back after a two-year layoff and um the thing is i don't i think her value has worn off because of all the backstage shenanigans that she's been and her being hard to work with and an attitude. And it's just like, I think she's just going to be dredging the Indies from here on out until somebody, cause I know TK is not going to throw money at her. Cause what, cause I think Tully, well, Tully Blanchard's in ring of honor now, but I just don't see her doing anything big right now. And I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it just sucks. that like, <clears throat> I want to like you, you want to take every, you don't want anybody to be a jerk. You don't want to support jerks, but you want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And it just feels like she, for some reason, maybe it's because maybe it's because the allegations were really true. And so she's got a bunch of heat, but like super surprising to see her out for so long and then to come back on, on, on the indie scene like that. But well, that's probably great, the only person that people uh, promotion that'll take her. And, you know, and I, maybe she's not asked, has a, maybe she doesn't have a high asking price anymore. I don't know. But like when you have, when you have a story, when you have all these stories coming from different people and then you're the one saying that they're all wrong, that's a red flag. I'm sorry. Like, I know none of us are there, but it's just the same shit at every promotion that she's in. It's the whole yeah. Evilese thing all over again. So um, she's, ba she's basically like the fucking Kyrie Irving of wrestling. Right. And it's a shame because she's damn good. Those Kyrie just difficult that, to work with and batshit crazy. There you I go. I know she's batshit crazy, but Kyrie certainly is. Ky Kyrie. And then, yes, this one to end it up like just like because we are very influential. So sometimes you just got to put this on wax to get the ball rolling. But right, like right. we said, Riddle has to win Money in the Bank. He he not only has to win Money in the Bank, but he has to take one of those titles off Reigns. He has to. Like, even if it's just for a short amount of time, not for Reigns to win it back, but Reigns does not need to be holding both titles hostage. We had this problem with Brock Lesnar. Now we have this problem with Reigns, who's holding both titles. Like, why? Why it's are like, you doing this? It is literally writing yourself into the most elaborate of corners that is like the only way. And he's so, 
riddle so over. Yes. It opens up so many creative opportunities when, if, or when Orton comes back. Like, cause and this is, this could be the breakup like that they wanted to do yeah. so long ago. And save one of those other titles and let Cody take it off of him when he comes back. But one title has to be taken off him immediately, like immediately, because this is not good with the uh, Uso World Wrestling Federation or entertainment. Like, And the answer is not another Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. No, that's the last thing I and a lot of people and you guys listening to this podcast want to see. No, thank you. I've had enough. Yeah. The prodigy used to say that when she was really young. We'd be like, Sophia, you need to go take a bath. She'd be like, no, thank you. It's like, no, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> In this case, no, thank you. Like, yeah. No, but thank you. It definitely works for this. But um, it is Saturday. So I hope all of you guys yesterday were at the Millennium Pro Wrestling Show that they put on every Friday in Chatsworth, California at 7 p.m. bell time. They had a great show last night. They have great shows every week. Make sure you go check them out. Make sure you check out their YouTube and their Instagram under the same name. Show them some love from the Wrestleocalypse. Yeah, and if you are trying to get interested in maybe you think that you can take on the Tribal Chief, you can maybe start over at uh, MPW. They've got classes and stuff. Even if you just want to get in shape to like go back in the archives, if you want to wrestle, you better have good cardio. So uh, it's not just about a good time on Friday night. It's about a lifestyle and you should exactly raise it. Exactly. So we're going to take a quick powder and then we're going to get on the cool shit. Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, and the Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? Cool shit. And always, as much as the sun sets in the east and rises in the west, the mailbag always starts it off. So let's get to it. Yes, it does. Uh, And I have to read these backwards because of that sun setting stuff that goes down. There you go. I don't understand. Oh, sorry. Assistant to the Redeemer. I mean, I assume, I mean, I, I mean, I guess Miro probably has enough money. He's got an assistant. Probably. Right. I mean, but anyways, I don't understand Xander's constant disrespect Ooh. for honor. No more calling them the ROH guys. No one cares about. So I got to, I got to just real quick. This is a statement. We've asked for statements to lead. This is a solid statement. I believe that what this person really wants to say is 
I don't like or I don't agree with. Don't I don't understand, man. Yeah, it sounds we want we want strong opinions because we're gonna give you strong opinions. But, anyways, to move on, I just want to know why Xander, do you dislike them so much? Assistant of the Redeemer has been enjoying their run so far and thinks they're all solid workers. Okay, let's get one thing straight. It's not disrespecting them. I'm not, I never said they're anything that kind of disrespect. When I say no one cares about them, because no one does care about them. I mean, Matt Taven, I he was Ring of Honor champion. I just don't see it. I Mike Bennett, no. <laughs> Kenny King, he's been in there for a long time. Eddie Edwards is the only, oh, then there's the Charles Manson guy, who's pretty cool. I like his character because he's different. And um, I like PCO, but yes, they're solid workers, but they're boring, dude. Like they're, they are boring. And even with Eddie Edwards at the helm, it's not helping their case. And when you have the good brothers getting more, you know, shine than them, that's saying something. And I just, to me, it's not disrespect. It's just, they are the ring of honor guys. No one cares about, honestly, because who knows who Matt Taven is? You know, there's wrestling people that don't know who Matt Taven is. And that guy held the Ring of Honor title. You got guys like AJ Styles, Davey Richards, Seth Rollins, Samoa Joe, Claudio Castagnoli. They all held it. So, and then you have Matt Taven. So I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure they're nice dudes. And like I said, if you guys are listening to this, this is not disrespecting it. It's just, I've just seen better from Ring of Honor. I've been watching Ring of Honor since the beginning. So, and and we're just gauging. We're saying it because we look, he's saying it because he knows about him. Guess what? You're the only person who's ever asked a question about these jabronis. So, like, that's why. That's why. We're just telling you what we're hearing because our ears to the streets. Right. Nobody cares about these guys. No, nobody. And the only reason that people are somewhat caring about them is because they are going up against the Bullet Club. Let's not get it twisted, dude. Right. Like that's if they were going up against, even if they were going up against team impact, which I like team impact, but like they got their shine from the bullet club, dude. So I I'm glad you enjoy it, but I, I think you need to be better besides a solid worker. So that's, that's the dreaded good hand and you never want to be just a solid worker. Exactly. And he said it in the question. He yep. basically called them the dreaded good hands. Yeah. Solid workers. You know who's not a dreaded good hand? When you come at me with the fucking name of the goat. Oh, that's that's a woof. We'll see what this question's like. Yeah. I've been enjoying your takes on AEW booking the goat. And I agree with you guys on mostly everything. <laughs> My question is, do you think AEW? dub overdoes it with the gimmick matches and with their list of injuries do you think they should have some of the guys slow down to a safer pace and obviously the answer is yes to both of them i think we've talked about it ad nauseum yeah um but yeah i mean and and the proof is in the pudding the fact of the matter is like love seeing claudio castanoli back the reality is we want to see brian danielson and he couldn't go because he's stupid shit and jeff hardy maybe going to jail and a lot of that to me is because they put him in a terrible situation with the, what they asked him to do. And Kenny Omega, he makes, he calls his own shots and whatever, but 
uh, he's been on the shelf and he, who knows what he's going to be like when he comes that, back. And, and it's fine. If you guys, none of these, and that's just what I've said before. None of these guys are going to say no to anything. So that's why you have to have someone in there going, Hey, let's save this for like a bigger match and not dynamite. Let's not break these guys on your weekly TV show. So then they can't go on the pay-per-view. It doesn't make any sense. Save your big spots and save your crazy matches for the pay-per-view. There's no reason for dynamite to be having a gimmick match after gimmick match every single week. It, it waters it down. It puts a, uh, takes a toll on the guys. And it's just, that's then that's why we have this situation. Do you know how much more over the top um, forbidden door would have been if CM Punk, um, Brian Danison, Jeff Hardy, all those guys, Ishii, all those guys could have been there. I know Ishii's new Japan, but still it's just like, you got to have someone step in and saying, Hey guys, Let's slow it down and let's reel them into the pay-per-view instead of putting on like, look at a pay-per-view match once or twice on dynamite is fine, but not doing it every time. What's the point of watching a pay-per-view? It's like back in the day when WWE used to roll, they used to, the, the shows were to reel you into the pay-per-view, set you up in for the pay-per-view. You don't just blow your wad on your weekly television show. And yes. So to answer both of your questions quickly, yes. And yes. Absolutely. And honestly, I think um, I think that I'll have to think about things that your G.O.A.T. actually stands for, because it's certainly not greatest of all time. No, but you have many opportunities to get at us and we'll get to that in a second. But the butcher's blade. This is a repeat questioner, I believe. Is it? I don't know. It sounds familiar. But anyways, I love your guys. Get rid of one segment. Obviously, it's a repeat. He's a fan. He's a super fan. Of course. A stan, obviously. Of course. That being said, whoa, 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 whoa. I never don't. I never like that. But anyways, I got one for you guys. Rappers on the West Coast. Cube, Snoop, Pac, Exhibit, go. Sorry, Exhibit. Bye. I'm getting rid of Exhibit, too. Dude, like. It was a good question. You can't put exhibit as good as he is with Pac, Snoop and cube. Like, come on. You gotta, you gotta frame that a little bit better, son. Yeah. It's pretty freaking terrible. Like that was, I mean, butcher's blade, your blade is dull. That's it. You need to get that sharp and you're about to give gangrene to a motherfucker. I know. Right. I mean, it's like shit, man. You could have even put like fucking Warren G like, like, I I would have probably gone. Okay. So real quick. Uh, off the top of your head, real fast, who would you replace Exhibit with that to make it more of what how the level that we take? Get rid I of would it. put Dre in. Okay, I get that, but he's not really a rapper. He's though. not really a rapper. I, it would be than Dre or Too Short. Fine. Ooh, I like the Too Short. Yeah. Nice on the Too Short. I was going to say Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill. They're more of a group, though. I but that and that's what's tough, isn't it? Right? Yeah, because like, if you would have done. Be West real? Coast rap, be, no, but be real doesn't really stick. Can't really stand with those guys. No, he's like exhibit. It's like get the fuck out of here. Like you can't really put anyone that stands with those guys besides like Dre, who gets his rhymes written. Or you could put like either Daz or Corrupt. Yeah, or you got to go new school and say like Kendrick Lamar or or J Cole. Um, or but someone. M's not a West Coast rapper. I know he's not a West Coast rapper. I just associate it with it because yeah, obviously. M has a good song with Snoop that just dropped. Um, it's pretty good. Check it out. I think I put it on on the um, our playlist. So yeah, it's crazy because it's like 
How does Snoop have time to write good when he's doing all these Corona commercials? Right. And then his his verse on that was dope. Of course it is. Yeah. I mean, it's not surprising because Snoop's the man, but like. <laughs> Dude, he's good at what he does. Absolutely. But anyways, Butcher's Blade. Good try. Good, good try. try. You come back next time with something a little bit better. There's Sorry a reason why the get rid of one should be left to us. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. All right. Kenshiro X. I agree with Buddha winning Houston Top Chef. But let's say you guys don't agree or he wasn't in the running. Who would you pick to win? Eleanor, the Houston chef who won the barbecue with the uh, I just really liked her. I think, or yeah, I think that was her name, Eleanor or something or like that. Evelyn. 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 Yeah. I really, really was rooting for, I liked her. I think she, uh, I think a lot of what she did was equal to Buddha. And I think her story was equal. And I just thought that, you know, on the final episode, Buddha certainly had the best, the best meal. He was just but, like, he was way more technical. And I think that's what like got him over her. Yeah, but I mean, and that's for me, I don't get off on. I don't get off on that. Like, I get off if it tastes good. Yeah, or I like, and for Top Chef, we can't taste it. Yeah. So it's more like, you know, you're rooting for a personality. And I was rooting for Buddha. Like, don't get, I don't want to see anybody to get this twisted. But yeah, I really liked, I mean, when she won the barbecue challenge in her home city, all that shit. I really love that. So right, I like that. I liked, I liked Demar, but he dropped the ball like towards the end. So, but yeah, if I didn't have, uh, if I didn't have Buddha, probably Evelyn too. So, but, I, I, no, I agree. I think those three were the best by yeah. far. So, um, and it's cool because we're watching, um, we're watching Denver right now, Colorado going back and that's with like mustache joe's season and yeah that was a good one it's good it's very good i mean i liked it again just uh giving what peacock has to offer it's not all about premium live events no <laughs> free, but it is now that i'm checking i'm obviously we're we're recording this right now while money in the bank is going on because that's how good it's not going to be right next Next, Fallen Angel. Oh, Fallen Angels. Like, are we talking about Christopher Daniels? Christopher Daniels? Or are we talking about Fallen Chris Angels? Oh, we are influential. I know. Uh, but anyways, they're anonymous, so we'll never know. I watched Forbidden Door and really enjoyed it, despite not knowing too much about the NJPW guys. Thought Akata was great. Just want to know what other matches of his you guys would recommend me and everybody else who listens to you watching um, and who you'd like to see him face in another crossover match. I mean, dude, Okada's got a deep bag of like matches, anything with him and Tetsuya Naito. So um, I was going to say, here's what you, you Google that shit. You say yeah, Okada, yeah. Dave Meltzer, five star. Or just put Okada's best matches. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to get what the first thing you're going to be is like, Dave Milster's top Okada yeah. five-star matches. But, and they're going to be awesome. And Google's your friend. He's a fucking specimen. Like, uh, the way he moves, the way he sells, the way he just goes about everything he's got. He brings this nostalgia. Like, for us, our generation, 
the way he throws simple moves reminds yep, us yep. of the people that we love, like how to make a drop kick look like a finisher versus like some sort of fucking back flipping, spinning nonsensey thing. Like, how do you make an elbow look like it's going to murder someone? And he's his got all of are, that. Yeah, his finisher's a clothesline, the Rainmaker. And it's like, it's one of the dopest clotheslines ever when he gets it off the V-trigger or the 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 coil. Um, so, yeah, Google's your friend. And a uh, crossover match I'd like to see him with, just off the top of my head, Randy Orton. Like, I think that would be a banger of a match, Randy Orton. We'll never see it, but... Yeah. But also the answer to every, who do you want to see in a crossover match? I want to see somebody against Okada or somebody against Randy Orton. Yeah. Or someone against Danielson. Right. But here's the thing. Like, I think uh, that's a testament to how, you know, I don't think we don't cover it in New Japan a lot, but like mark it down on July 2nd of 2022. Like that's how good we think Okada is. Yeah, he is Randy Orton fucking good. Like yeah. that's how good he is. Oh yeah, that, that's to me, he's, joke. to me he's better than Tanahashi. I mean, it's, why does Tanahashi like? Wh- I don't understand. Like, I don't have the history, but like to me, I don't understand why Tanahashi gets the rub over Okada. See, I got it. I got into New Japan kind of late, like because I got into it when uh, Bullet Club started. So. Tanahashi, that's like their, he's like the best way I can describe it is like, he's their John Cena. He's like their most popular wrestler. And like, he's been there the longest. So like, I mean, the core new Japan fans, they like Okada, but I just, I don't get the hype on Tanahashi. Like he's good, but I don't get, I don't get, I would have been more excited to see Okada wrestle John Moxley. Agreed. But that was our mailbag. If you would like to get us with questions, comments, your get rid of one, perhaps it'll be better than Butcher's Dull Blade. But um, you can follow me or get at me, Xander Hobbs on Instagram, X-A-N-D-E-R underscore H-O-B-B-E-S. Same thing on the Twitter machine. Bobby, where can they find you? Wrestleocalypse, spelled like it sounds, but you know that because you're already listening to us. But you can also find all these links and our music picks and all of that stuff in the show notes so please check those out as well bobby let me ask you a question though go on well what are you wearing on your head i'm wearing i'm wearing a gorilla straighter design custom fitted hat and where did you get that hat uh this one was designed by gorilla straighter of the capologists there we go. And if you can, once we get our YouTube videos out, this is a talk that Bobby and I need to have on a different date. If you could see it, it's a fresh hat. It looks great. Fits great. Logos popping. And you can get that hat and so many other ones on the Capologist. Visit their Instagram on the Capologist or go to capologist.com and find yourself a nice fitted hat. The sun's out. The weather's nice, but you want to get that sun out of your eyes. So get yourself a hat. Tell them the WrestleOcalypse sent you indeed all right dude speaking of speaking of okada okada and this is a very recent match and i love this i love 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 this match because this was uh right after pretty much the inception of AEW. yeah i mean I, he was a champion at that point wasn't he yeah he was the champion okay this is for the title but no, Jericho was already the champion. Was he already the champion at AEW? No, not okay. yet. Well, it was okay. But anyways, match of the week, 
we got Okada versus the Pain Maker, yep. one of the best iterations of Chris Jericho. Who, despite the fact that I do not like the Jericho Appreciation Society, I do think he is one of the greatest to lace up the boots. Absolutely. And this is a great match that shows his prowess and as well as Okada's talent. Like, yeah. And I liked this match because if this match was, say, 20 years ago, or maybe 10 years ago, I should say, if it was 10 years ago, their styles would have been somewhat similar. But since Jericho is on the other side of his career, he's, uh, and especially with this pain maker gimmick, which is like a more of like a brawling, like brutality type character, it was a really good contrast. And I liked it. I liked how Okada constantly went for the Rainmaker. And he didn't really, he didn't even hit it in the match. I don't think, did he or no? I don't know. I don't think he Cause, did. Cause he beat him with a roll up. Yeah. And that was the other thing is like the, the match really protects Chris Jericho. Oh yeah. It totally you know, did. and, but it was still, it's like, this is what cracked to me. This is what like got the forbidden door going. Like, yeah. Because. It's, Ever since Chris Jericho made that a move to New Japan, that's what, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. I'm and, sorry. And what I was going to say is like, people don't get it. It's like everyone focuses on the EVPs, like, oh, right. you know, and they talk shit for so many years. We talked about it. Go check the archives. But it's like Chris Jericho has such a huge effect on early AEW and him doing this match and then being the guy for AEW to me, like, that's what, like, that relationship and then with everything else with the EVPs, but Chris Jericho being such the star that he is like in wrestling, I think that's what pushed this forward. And like, you know, it's interesting. Um, the Trojans of Southern California are no longer going to be in the pack 10. Yeah. Aren't they going to the big 10? Yeah. Which seems like the big, like 16 now. I don't know how yeah. fucking many teams they have, but, and it's like, I see a lot of like, so basically, it's like everyone's just circling their horses and like, fuck the SEC. They, look what they're doing. It's like, OK, we need more marquee. And it's like wrestling is, is going to be the same way. And so when we've been seeing it with the like the Forbidden Door and the Impact and Ring of Honor now and like I am would not be surprised if I saw something where, you know, you have some crossover with MLW and just end up having kind of like two separate really big promotions going on because WWE has like 10 hours of programming a week, you know, yeah. across everything. And so it's just, it's going to be interesting, but I think this match tying it all back to this match is like, this is the first time I thought I was like, Oh shit. Like, could we get like just a full bullet club pay-per-view? Like we, we could, I mean, could. If, we could. could, we could, I mean, it just sucks that we won't have AJ Styles and Finn Balor in it, but it's we could. We could. Yeah, exactly. And this is what, to me, this is what opened it all up. I think it's super fitting to pick this the match for like. Oh, yeah. Because if this hadn't happened, this probably could have been. This could have been the this could have been the main event for the Forbidden Door match. Yeah. Okada versus the Painmaker. Like, right. And I, I, that's why I picked it because it was so apropos to what's been going on lately. And um, you can find this, I found this on Facebook, but you can find it on New Japan World. And I believe it might be on Daily Motion, but it's Facebook. So that's where I got the link on it. I don't have a Facebook account, but I got it. 
All right. So uh, anyways, check that match out. Be sure you do. What are you watching, though, besides wrestling? Oh, man. So number one thing, Snowflake Mountain on Netflix. Fucking hilarious. It's these two Iraq war vets who basically get sent all these super pampered rich kids and their snowflakes. And they they start by this is a spoiler, but only first episode. Right. They blow all their luggage up. <laughs> Excuse me. And so the whole thing is like they, you know, it's like it's a reality show, but it's fucking hilarious. And these kids are crazy. So I really like that. We enjoyed watching that. And obviously, like all of these shows, there are lessons to be learned for them and all of us. But uh, continue to run through Pro Yay runways. Um, we have not. We've been saving on Xander's Xander's uh, recommendation, the Christian Siriano season. Um, but we've been kind of one. bouncing between new ones and like mid 2000 ones, 2013 ones and stuff. So it's super good. And then um, Tim Gunn and Heidi have a new show coming out. Um, shit. It's like, it's something I can't remember. I can't remember the name, but they're, they're bringing out their own show. So things get crazy. Like I said, we'll continue to watch the top chef in uh denver slash colorado super good just finished up the restaurant wars on that really good and then uh finished up barbecue brawl and um yeah really good uh the guy who won it should have won it did win it uh really good competition really fun to watch you get you know bobby flay obviously he's like my spirit animal barbecue king i thought it was Sami Zayn. Um, well, I mean, honestly, they're both gingers, so yeah, true. But also, they uh, on this season they had um, the lady who won that Netflix show, Barbie, like the Barbie competition on Netflix. So it was really good. It was just fun. I'm glad to see it over. Glad to see it done. Glad to see the next season comes up. So that's what I'm watching. What are you watching? Well, I finished the Punisher season two. Awesome. Do yourself a favor. Check that out on Disney Plus. Um, I started Stranger Things season four on the plane and um i'm not really too hyped about it honestly i think there's too many things going on i'm gonna give it a shot i'm gonna get back around to it but um i already went to another show that shows how much i'm interested in it um breaking bad i, I ran it I decided to run it back so if, for those of you guys that don't know what well, you should breaking bad is a show about a chemistry teacher that has cancer and decides to start cooking meth to pay for his treatment. And as you can see, when you start getting into that game, a lot of things can go awry and it does on this show. Very good. Suggest you check it out. If you want to check out stranger things, I'm sure I'll get some heat about this season, not being as good, but Have I just, you watched the, the second half that just dropped. No, I haven't watched it yet. No. Um, uh, Betty Rebel hasn't either, but from what uh, I understand, based on the clickbaity shit, is like the complaints of the first season are dealt with in the second half. Which, but I don't like that. Like, why are you gonna like why split it up? Like, so what are they doing? What say it again? So the second half of the fourth season just dropped yesterday. I know that, and so there's a lot of complaints about some of the stuff about the first half of the fourth season uh-huh. that. According to the clickbait, I have not watched any seasons. I'm just a 
I'm just telling you what the news is. I'm a news aggregator. Um, that it's uh, it's a little bit darker, a little bit more violent, I guess. All right. Okay. So, but I don't know about any of that because, frankly, I mean, I didn't watch any of it. So. All right. That'll that'll get me give me some incentive. But anyways, what I want to get onto is what we're getting rid of right now, and I believe it is Mister Five Star Podcast Machine Robert B's turn this week. It is, it is, and I am on the fence. I'm. It's like I've got him in front of me. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um. So I think what I'm gonna do is get rid of one, and only you can answer this, my friend. For all of those people who are trying to make a difference in this world, a true difference in this world. And they're like, you know what? I'm not eating meat. What meat alternative would you recommend them to stay away from? Oh, wow. Lest, lest they get tempted to, to enjoy the meaty flesh of another animal. And so I went through, I read some reviews of what other people said. And here's the four that I came up with that I think that are accessible to most people, but also maybe could, you know, they need a little bit of guidance. So obviously, number one, the most popular meat alternative is tofu. Number two, I find a lot of people using jackfruit. Number three, and this one is a little bit different, but the cashew cheese. And lastly, is going to be the, and I'm just going to say the incredible, but the, I want to be meat, but I'm not quite meat alternative. Okay. So, so like your beyonds, impossible, beyonds, impossible, lighthouse, yeah. all that stuff. Exactly. Okay. Cause they're all, so we've got tofu, which is the oldest meat alternative probably ever. Yeah. We've got jackfruit, which is very common. And then we've got the cashew cheese. And lastly, the impossible slash beyond slash meat. I want to be meat, but I'm not meat. Okay. So I'm going to be, be objective because I have some allergies that, you know, I'm still getting tested on. Um, out of all of these, I'm surprised you didn't say Satan, uh, Satan or whatever that is. That's a different meat alternative. But anyways, I'm going to go off your list. I'm going to get rid of jackfruit. Even though I can't have cashew cheese, but I'm, I've heard from people that it's good. Well, and, okay, so not cashew, but like a vegan cheese. Like we yeah. Can replace it with like- okay, so any vegan cheese then, right? Sure, yeah, I'm sorry. I, okay, I didn't all right, so that. in that case then, in that case then, I'm going to get rid of, I'm going to still stick with the jackfruit because like I haven't quite got past, I mean, the texture's all right, but it's like, it's more based on like, what seasoning you put on it and stuff like that. And like the texture is a little weird too. So, but like, I've just started getting into tofu cause I like tofu scramble. Like you can, if once you really do that up with extra firm tofu and put it into some good veggies and stuff and nutritional yeast, it's really good. Um, I like the beyond stuff. I like all those meat alter alternatives. I think those are really good. They have these chicken tenders that lighthouse makes that dude, you, you wouldn't, if I didn't tell you the difference, you wouldn't be able to take it. And I know people say that, but this is legit. But jackfruit to me, I just can't. It's just okay. It's not bad. It's just okay compared to the other ones. And I like a lot of the cheese alternatives because there's some that really melt well. But like they still have 
um, on the bad part. They, some of them have this like filmy texture to it that I don't like, but um, out of all of it, I think I'll get rid of the jackfruit. It is the most, it is pretty versatile because it's put in like tacos and stuff. But like I said, it's all based on like how the person does the seasonings and the toppings and everything like that. Cause if all of those aren't up to par, then it's pretty much moot. So I hope that clears up some stuff. No, that's awesome. For me, I was going to get rid of the, um, the cheese because not like I've had a lot of very good tofu and everyone's had a lot of very bad tofu, right? But like tofu done well is pretty nice. And it is. It is. And a good stir fry. I agree with that. For me, the vegan cheese, it's like, and I think it sucks is like when you try for a lot of people, when they try to go vegan and replace some of the things they like, you end up getting into really, really highly processed foods. Yeah. So you're trading some of the benefits. And I feel like cheese is one of those, right? Like you're basically trying to create something different. So for me, that's the one I was going to get rid of. Um, but it's interesting. I haven't actually had much jackfruit, but um, I feel that's the biggest issue with a lot of things is texture, Yeah. which I like that the, like, the meat substitutes that I've had, they've got the same texture. Yeah. That's what it's pretty spot on. Some of them even bleed due to the beet juice too. That's like pretty crazy, but, um, yeah. When, and the thing is you've got to figure out your why, why you're going vegan. That's a lot for a lot of people. Like, and if you are doing it for health reasons, then I would use this process stuff very minimally. But like, for me, like I'm not doing it for health reasons. I'm doing it for ethical reasons. So I don't care about the process shit, but, (laughs) But I don't, I don't implement those like so much. Like I still eat a lot of whole foods and things like that. And like, if I'm in a bind or if I'm in a hurry, then I'll go to the meat substitutes. But when I was starting off vegan, that's all I was doing was like meat substitutes. I'm still like, I'm almost a year in. So I guess you can still say I'm still starting off, but like I've, I've been, I've adapted a little bit better to it now. Cause like I've, I've cooked more whole foods and things like that, which I think is important. Because like, just because you're vegan doesn't mean you're healthy. There's a lot of fat vegans out there. So. Yeah. I keep getting, I always get uh, on my YouTube pre-rolls. There's guys like, you know, what's vegan beer is vegan. It's like, yeah. but it's like, you know, like it's just having that um, greater kind of perspective on what you're consuming. But I thought it was good. I felt like I was very proud about that. It wasn't yeah. a pop culture. It was kind of cool like a little bit of your experience, a little bit about my perception. So great, great. Get rid of one as usual, Mr. B. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, But dude, I have been getting ripped. I've been pumping. I've been doing pull-ups. I realized after watching the Randy Orton evil episode that you do not get the swole you need with those resistance bands. No, you do some pull-ups, bro. I just did three maxed out three. I'm gassed. I'm ready to go out to the ring. What am I coming out to, my friend? I'm just going to jump in. I'm coming out to this song called Lingus by a band called Snarky Puppy. Uh, just strap on. Uh, and about 11 minutes later, we're going to get back into this episode. Just kidding. I'm just going to give you the beginnings. But... <laughs> you know, it was recommended to me, I believe, by the Mitch at your 40th uh, record playing extravaganza. Ah. Okay. And I like, I put it in the back of my head. Okay, cool. And then um, I sent you some of those uh, Drumeo videos. Right. And this Larnell guy who did the um, 
Inner Sandman. He's the drummer for this band. And so I really got into the song. It's super good. Okay, Check I'll it out wait. right now and um, get your jazz on. It's not, a, it's not every day that you get a jazz song on the rest of the <laughs> How we do it how we do it more of that i can't wait to hear more of that it's so good dude he's so good like yeah he is um not as good as the funk drummer who played the danny carey right right like and he listened to that shit with no drums no drums and he's like okay here's how i'm gonna play it and it was close it, it was, was like, pretty goddamn close dude without hearing a drum track pretty fucking close yeah um, super good I'm coming out to a little bit something a little different, but this dropped like a couple of weeks ago and I've been wanting to put it on. This is a brand new song from one of my favorite bands that call themselves Megadeth. And as you know, Megadeth always comes out with slashing riffs, fast drumming, face melting guitar solos. And this song has all of that. And then some, it's called We'll Be Back. And you can start it off right now. Go ahead, you 
yeah, man, that gets me hyped for the new album. It's like Dave Mustaine is just after he has a breakup or he puts out like a bad album, which is not a lot of them. He always comes back with like a vengeance. So if this is a precursor to what the album is going to be sounding like, I can't wait. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> but now we're in the ring. We're in the ring. And we, since we do not have our special guest, we're going to be continuing our ongoing pursuit of WWE evil. And who are we covering, covering today, Bobby? Well, I mean, last time I checked, it was um, it was 4th of July weekend. That's right. And some of you are thinking it's going to be someone who body slammed Yokozuna, but it's not. It's not. It's going to be the greatest Patriot any you, me, or anyone else has ever seen. He's got 17-inch pythons, my friend. And we're talking about motherfucking Hulk Hogan. I'm doing the riff, too. I'm the doing immortal. it, too. Oh, God. I think I just popped my idea. The Jeez. immortal Hulk Hogan. Yes. The real American. And why Why were we? Why would we be putting him in a WWE Evil episode, though? Because it is, by many people, considered the greatest heel turn in the history of the industry. Yes. And... I don't often subscribe to hyperbole like that, but I don't know if they're wrong. I don't think they're wrong on this one. I think they I may have to actually agree with, be right. I have to agree with the masses here because as most of you guys know, Hulk Hogan's whole mantra was saying your prayers, training, taking your vitamins, doing the right thing, you know, and he did this for years, decades. And he came to WCW and the, the climate of society was changing. You know, the, um, your typical white meat baby face wasn't working. Hogan was actually getting booed because he he's, he's coming from WWE. So a lot of these guys were hardcore WCW guys and he was coming in and just mowing people down and something wasn't working properly. So we hop into Scott Hall making an appearance. We hop into Kevin Nash making an appearance. And they have a uh, setup for a match. Great American Bash, apropos to our holiday. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and a mystery opponent versus Sting, Lex Luger, and um, the Macho Man Randy Savage, the combatants for WCW. Who are the flag bearers? Yes. For WCW. The flag bearers. They are the biggest stars. Yes. And so the match was going on with two people, three against two. Handicap match. A hand, it, was it, was handicap. Like it, was, it was like an AEW thing or something, like a right. crazy stipulation. Crazy. But then, as the bad guys or the good guys are getting the beat down from two guys, out comes Hulk Hogan, and the crowd goes wild. And what was, he was wearing his his Hulkamania gear. Yes, he was. And Bobby Heenan drops a very interesting quip on here because Bobby Heenan's never liked Hogan, and he goes, "Hogan's here, but whose side is he on?" And they're like, what are you talking about? He's on WCW side, of course. So he comes in, hulks up, takes the shirt off. And then we see a leg drop to the macho man, Randy Savage. A leg drop. The crowd is silent with fucking, literally. Yes. Stunned. A gasp from the crowd. And he pins them and there's trash going in the ring. Gene Okerlund gets in. He goes, what the hell is going on? He's like, and Hogan says, 
this is the new age of professional wrestling, the new world order of professional wrestling. And he is leading the charge against WCW. And I was shocked. Bobby was shocked. Everyone, <laughs> my mom who, does, who knows who Hulk Hogan is, was shocked. And the next night on WCW, he comes out in all black. Oh, with the goatee. And yes, everything. with the beard. And he tells the fans they can stick it. And they, oh man, and it just turned into this whole new career of Hulk Hogan. He had like a second career, so to say. I mean, and I enjoyed Hollywood Hulk Hogan, like from the, from the beginning. Like it was just, it was just a new wrinkle. He could, you could see he totally embraced it. And what was funny because he had reservations about turning heel. And so Bischoff met him. And he said he would do it, but Bischoff wasn't wasn't so sure. So the actual so the the three guys they were going to talk about that were going to be the heels were either going to be Hogan, Bret Hart, or Sting. So they said if Hogan wasn't going to do it, if he didn't show up, Sting would have been next in line. But anyways, that's just some backstory. But what did you think about all this? I know I, I loved it. Up. I fucking loved it. I think that Hulk Hogan is probably a terrible person. He's buried more people than he's put over. But in the legacy of wrestling and as a wrestling fan and a wrestling historian, this is one of the most, this is, this is why everybody wanted Cena to turn heel. Right. Right. Like this is, and like Reigns did it, but like, I think more so like when I think of uh, analogous, like wrestlers, like Cena's fucking stick was repackaged Hogan. It was for sure. The only thing he's seen has never done is gone heel. Yep. Yep. And the thing is with this, it was funny too, at the beginning of Hogan's heel turn, he was still kind of like hulking up and doing like the stuff that he did as a baby face, but, and then he changed, changed his style. And the thing is the whole package with the black and then the lightning bolts and then coming out to Jimi Hendrix with the spray painted title. It was just so cool, man. It's just like, how could you not, not cheer for that. You know what I mean? Like he still got some booze and stuff, but it was just, it was just refreshing to see. That's what it was. That's more what it was than anything. And the the guy put 10 more years on his career from doing this. Cause like the original Hulk Hogan was pretty much dead in the water. And it it was just, sometimes you got to change it up. The same thing doesn't work for so long, especially like I said in the beginning with society changing and people wanted to see people, people don't act like that anymore. People like if, even if someone's good, they'll do what they have to do to make it better for their family or for their lifestyle or for something else. And it's not necessarily heelish. It's doing what you have to do to survive. But basically this is what Hogan had to do to survive his wrestling career. Oh, he, yeah. He had to feed the ego. And yeah. The bottom line is the ego was like, Hey bro. Like, I'm not getting fed with this Hulkamania bullshit because I'm not getting those pop. It's like, no. So what am I going to do to feed this ego? It's like, okay, fine. I'm going to do what nobody thought could ever be done. I'm going to do it on the other promotion, right? Because even Hulkamania was always WWF. Yeah. It was never WCW. It never fit. That's why it never worked, you know? It was like... WWF was like the more like character-based, you know, like almost superhero-esque promotion versus wcw which was like more wrestling based so yes you're right it that it was never that meant to like fit in w in wcw yeah 
but it was awesome. I love it. We, you know, we talked about it a little bit. It's like, yes, this is like, <clears throat> it's why, like I said, to me, the reason this is so important, it's like, it's why everybody resents Cena for not turning heel. Right. Cause it could have yeah. been, it could, who knows how big it could have been. I'm not going to say oh, it would have been, been, been big, but it could have been bigger than Reigns. Like, he, oh yeah. <clears throat> he turning heel would have been like, so seismic for everything that they did. Like, and the way they, and the part of it is too, is like, once you're heel, you don't have to win. Nope. You know? And when you do, when you can win underhandedly and like, exactly. There's you know, just to so think many about more. like, to think about if he was a heel, I mean, I don't, you know, Rusev wasn't ever booked as a baby face. So I don't want to necessarily say that, but it's like, when you look at some of the people that he buried, had he been the heel and then the face, they could have elevated them in such a different degree, you know? Absolutely. That's right. That's correct. But on that note, we can't top that. No, no, we cannot. And I know that uh, I'm pretty sure Griffey needs to stretch his legs. He does. And I hope all of you guys have a safe and happy 4th of July. And um, I know it's not much of a celebration, but have fun with your family and your friends. Don't light fireworks in dry areas or around dogs and support the WrestleOcalypse. Yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Yes, ours truly, Bobby B. And we're trying to get this in the thing. Uh, be kind to each other. Be kind to animals. Be kind to the planet. Booyak shot. In a minute. This life. This probably should have happened a while ago. Fuck it. We're here now, though. Let's go. Yeah. Man, what the fuck? Yo, Yo Snoop. Oh, Yo, let me man. see. Let me see them, but I can't even. See man, that's just the size man. of my hand, dog. That's just the memory yeah. relapse. Fuck. That's how I know that I'm in the studio with the doggy yeah. in California. Cause my homie from Long Beach always got that bomb weed. That's why I feel a calm breeze. Yeah. Every time I palm trees, get it. Just like that blonde bleach. I went platinum, then so did my albums. Calvin's turning me into a zombie. Cause these buds are like the Hulk, they're twice the size of his zombie. Yeah. And that is some strong green. Strong. Gotta contact my contact lenses are foggy. I might end up in Walgreens. Pharmacy yeah. with my armor sleep. Gone off Phoenix with drama. Mean I will treat Paladin like a fucking human pinball machine. Bouncing balls off her tonsils. If y'all are seeking the smoke, I got all the weed. I am a walking motherfucking marijuana leaf. And I'm here to stay. My reign's so definite, my longevity needs a hearing aid. Still wearing Hanes, t-shirts, I'd embodied some features with legendary names. Was there when Dre turned the chronic to monetary gain? Cause dope is addictive, just like they call it marijuana. Cause like marijuana, Mary Jane. It's like you and Spider-Man feel the very same. My adversaries came, but these little degenerates are my lineage. When it comes to pockets, weren't many, if any, as skinny as mine, bitch. I was penniless, now I'm plenty rich, and the shit don't make any sense. I was in a motherfucking pinch, like a titty twist. Now I'm sitting as pretty as each penny is, while I'm penniless in a lab.